1: Welcome back, Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. A few things on my mind today. First, the efforts to silence conservatives seem to know few bounds, be they legal or extra legal, be they in the form of actual censorship or a priori moral prior restraint. That's a mouthful. What do I mean by a priori? a priori moral prior restraint. Well, first, we must understand that any moral claim from the left should be subject to the strictest of scrutiny, as it will usually fall apart once it meets the shoals of reason or single standards. Double standards and hypocrisy, what we philosophy uh, students refer to as relativism, occupy almost the entire field of left-wing morality. Examples pervade, but if you want to... Just one. Think about the NBA and Nike will lecture America on her slavery that ended 157 years ago, but they will happily promote and take billions in from China to pay for those microphones to lecture America, a country, China, that has never ended slavery and that practices it as we speak and in partnership with the NBA and Nike when it comes to places like the Xinjiang province. The left will condemn rightfully sexism, but it will defend and cover it up if committed by someone named Clinton, even including serious allegations of rape. They will call it insurrectionist question the results of an election, but only if the question comes from Republicans, while they will strut about their claims of fraud when a Republican wins an election. They will tell us political violence is a threat to America, but will bury the violence of those who preach and associate with liberal or left wing causes or the Democratic Party. (laughs) They will tell us black lives matter, but they will build that movement on an edifice of police misconduct that takes 18 lives, namely of unarmed black men and deep six. Any concern about the over 7,000 black men killed by other black men because those lives ruin the narrative of the 18. Violence is awful when nobody is killed by a protester, but people will do what people do when a three-month riot that takes the lives of dozens is concocted in the name of historical racial grievances on behalf of a self-proclaimed Marxist organization. COVID is the most serious public health threat that requires isolation and the crackdown on any group activity, congregate settings, if you will, unless the more serious threat of racism is used in order to justify mass protests and mass riots and mass gatherings. Restaurants and travel and beauty parlor operations must all cease unless it is a Democrat who wants to go to the restaurant engage in travel or have his or her hair done up in a beauty parlor as for a priori restraint based on a claim to morality the latest is something that must be taken seriously and i admit i have not taken it seriously enough it's been around a few years and i thought the nonsense of it would collapse of its own weight or internal contradiction but i was wrong A priori means ahead of knowledge or ahead of time. Prior restraint is the censorship or refusal to allow the publication or speech of something or someone before it is spoken or printed. And all of this comes to us today in the guise of one George Soros. I've known of George Soros's policies for decades, since the early 90s anyway. And I've condemned and criticized his policies and spending on them for just as long. It never once dawned on me until about, I don't know, eight or so years ago that he was Jewish. And it still befuddles me as to why it even matters. But this is the new leverage of censorship. E.J. Montini in today's Arizona Republic goes after a local Republican in his column because that politician is condemning and has criticized George Soros and George Soros-funded political leaders. Mind you, that politician has never mentioned Soros's religion or upbringing just by dint of George Soros having been born a Jew. Of a sudden, it becomes anti-Semitic to criticize him for things that have nothing to do with his race or religion. So if you can stop someone from criticizing one of the wealthiest and biggest left wing donors in the country, I guess so much the better. And, of course, all other forms of serious and real anti-Semitism, from rising hate crimes against Jews to apologists for those who identify Israel for extermination, will get ignored, if not memory hold. They will be given a free pass. This is an incredible shield of or from criticism that is being sought over a man who has donated hundreds of millions of dollars to left-wing causes including anti-Israel causes, and it is part and parcel or in league with the racial and sexual sexual criticism shield the left uses all the time and is used for years. If you criticize or question a Katanji Brown Jackson for her opinions and statements, you are considered a racial or sexist bully. If you criticize or question a Clarence Thomas or an Amy Comey Barrett, you are not. If you question Hillary Clinton's bona fides, honesty, or ethics, you are anti-woman. If you question Kerry Lakes or now even Kirsten Sinema's, you are not. If you question AOC or Ilan Omar for their policies and pronouncements, you are sexist and racist. If you question, say, a Marsha Blackburn or an Ion Hirsi Ali, you are not. Which brings me back to criticizing George Soros, as a synecdoche for anti-Semitism. George Soros, who may have been born to Jewish parents, but does not identify as a Jewish person in any outward sense and has been involved in no Jewish causes so far as I know of, which makes me think the only part of his Jewish heritage that matters is that it can be weaponized and used against any criticism of him or the candidates he donates to, all of whom are on the left, and the far left at that. He is being given the same racial criticism shield or a priori criticism veto for nothing he has done or said or is simply by dint of his birth with no allowance for any criticism or examination of him on the merits of what he actually does or says. It is the same shield or a priori veto Ilan Omar and AOC make use of to a affair thee well. You can't criticize me for what I say or do. I'm a ri- racial minority, after all. See how well that works for Clarence Thomas, as I mentioned, or Larry Elder, or Candace Owens, or Ion Hersielli. It doesn't. They don't have those arguments available to them. And they don't hide behind their race or ethnicity in order to shield themselves from criticism, either. For what it's worth, note to Bene, again... This only runs in one very weird direction, ideologically. Zero columnists said it was off-limits to criticize Sheldon Adelson, who did prominently affiliate with his Jewish faith and background. But you see, he was supportive of Republicans, so he took likely more criticism than George Soros ever did when he was alive. Dennis Prager, another strong identifier with the Jewish faith and Jewish causes, has never sought the racial, ethnic, religious shield, but he has lied about and condemned daily and routine, and routinely to nobody's concern of saying if you criticize Dennis Prager or Sheldon Adelson, you are anti-Semitic. As for me, I happen to think it racist in and of itself to assume people cannot handle the heat of dialogue and debate because of their background. That to me was always a badge of the bigotry of low expectations. You can't criticize fanatical or political Islam. Muslims will riot. You can't grade a racial minority the same way you grade a non-minority person, for they will melt. You can't treat women and men equally in the area of debate and discussion, for that will make the woman feel less than or othered, or it will be dismissed as... Meanwhile, on this newfound concern for anti Semitism from the left, I'm glad they think it's a negative thing. Now, do anti Jewish hate crimes? I bet you didn't know, according to the Department of Justice, there are more anti Jewish hate crimes in America than anti Muslim or even anti Hispanic or Latino hate crimes. Or, Do the most insidious of anti-Semitic claims, which is that Israel, not China, not Iran, not Cuba, not the Sudan, not Syria, not North Korea, Israel, is subject to sanction upon sanction and calls for elimination as a state entity to no reprise. Note that one. Note that one. Well, note this importantly. Isn't it odd that the only the single solitary only country in the world is okay to openly speak about? eliminating is the jewish state and isn't it interesting those claims come from the left and from countries the democrats think we should ally with and give billions of dollars to it's also the only country in the entire middle east which gives equal civil and political rights to jews as well as non-jews interesting that i know I know there's this weird thing out there that the word anti-Semitism is not to be used when it comes to speaking about Israeli claims of prejudice and double standards because Arabs are Semites as well. It's nonsense. The very term anti-Semitism was coined, discovered, or invented—whatever phrase you want to use—in 1875 by one Wilhelm Marr, a German anti-Jewish, uh, excuse me, a German anti-Jewish journalist. And it was meant to only apply to Jews as a more scientific euphemism for the then current German word Judenhass, which meant Jew hatred. It was never used to apply to the Arabs or against the Arabs. And when you listen to anti-Israel rioters in Israel, is it interesting that the most common phrase in those riots is Itka al-Yehud, which means slaughter the Jew. And isn't it interesting when the PLO tried to overthrow the Jordanian monarchy or the Lebanese Christian government, zero defenders of the PLO or the PLO itself claimed the retaliations or condemnations were anti-Semitic. That's just a small part of it. So the entire phrase and use of anti-Semitism, as we know it today, is little or nothing more than a cudgel and blanket to silence non-leftists and to wrap leftism in a breach-proof protectorate against critique, criticism, and debate, and to scare people from bringing up others like George Soros, lest they then fall into the category of being called anti-Semitic. Quite honestly, it is all its own form of anti-Semitic prejudice when you think about it. To use one's ethnic background and bring it up every time something is said about a person, in this case, George Soros, who never affiliated and doesn't affiliate with the background or ethnicity or culture in the first place. In fact, whose family has itself tried to conceal its own Jewish roots. It is anti-Semitic in its own form to keep bringing up a religion he does not identify with. So, end of day, do note what is going on here. It's not anti-Semitic to criticize George Soros for doing what George Soros does any more than it is anti-Semitic to criticize Ivanka or Jared Kushner for what they may or may not do. But if you continually remind the world of their heritage, which is not something they do, yeah, you yourself are in a bigoted territory. And if you think someone because of their heritage deserves different treatment than the rest of the population, yeah, you yourself are again in bigoted and prejudicial territory. And yeah, when you do all this only on behalf of one political ideology, you yourself are a hypocrite whose moral plaint cannot be taken seriously because it is because it is simply an arbitrary or relativistic moral plaint at that. And yeah, if you ignore the larger problems with the ethnicities or religions you pretend to care about for your ideological purposes – You are a little more than a prejudiced opportunist. So can we please be done with this and just treat all people the same by dint of what they say and what they do with the same standard and same yardstick when they do ill or when they do good? That once upon a time was the goal of non bigotry as well as equality. But we live in a time where reason has been replaced by propaganda and ideological rigidity has replaced liberalism. It's just such a disgusting thing and makes for more terrible times when this is all done for political expedience. This, too, is not just how you lose a country, but all ethical standards as well. I'm not sure when it comes to America, which is worse. After all, the whole point of America, we keep being told, was to establish ethical standards, standards, singular standards. You lose the one, you lose the other. And we are fast on our way there. I'm Seth and We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Portions of which are brought to you by my good friends at YReFI. Refi. If you are looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, please do check them out. They're offering up a fixed, no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent return for investors, all in a secure, collateralized portfolio. YReFI Refi is a due diligence approved firm. They're investors who do well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that, too. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, -Y R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. Let's go to John in Peoria. Hello, John. Hello, Seth. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing just fine, uh, particularly well today. How about yourself?
2: Excellent, excellent, my friend. Uh, I don't want to hold you too long, but...
1: Oh, you you're I, the, I, I <laughs> don't apologize. it. This is a talk show. I've never <laughs> understood the people... You can talk, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> it's yours.
2: But here's the deal. You, you, I, I loved your monologue there in the beginning, your introduction. And uh, I wanted to tell you something about what we talked about maybe about a week and a half ago. Okay. Um well, let me give that to you real quick, and then you could ponder for that. And maybe when I listen to it later on today, remember we were talking about, you know, how dirty the FBI has gotten? Yeah. How some of the agents have become uh, uh, politicized. And I was telling you yeah. um, that there are uh, a lot more lawyers and accountants and desk agents as opposed to the real guys and gals out in the field doing the real criminal investigation and that's how a lot of these people get drawn into the political aspect and they get corrupted in essence yeah but dan bongino had an interesting just speaking exactly about that today so i'm going to listen to it and then i'm going to get back to you on that but i want to make one comment about what you said um uh, about George Soros, and but maybe before you do, there's elaborate. plenty of time.
1: Before you do, John, let me let me ask you a question. And I think we did this when you called on it last time. But uh, I, I would love maybe you had time to think about it too. I would love for your thoughts on this, just for a quick sec. This argument that um, the FBI leadership is the problem. The agents on the ground, the field agents, are by and large really great guys and gals. Some people are saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. Where do you fall on That's,
0: that?
2: I fall on I don't know because, I, you know, I have firsthand – I can't share it right now. I'm trying to get permission to share it. Okay. But I have firsthand knowledge of that kind of corruption going on, okay. and you know that I know that – Yeah. Yeah. I can have that information yeah, yeah, yeah. based on yeah. what I did before, yeah. Yeah. but I don't want to go any, go any further. Okay, when when, when you can, please do. Yeah,
1: when you can, yes. please do. Okay, okay, go ahead with but the other here's stuff.
2: Here's the deal, Steph. Steph, there are more dirty apples than we thought, and that's the truth. Uh, trust me, you know where I'm coming yeah. from. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to say this, but it's it's a sad reality. Yep. there are more dirty apples now than there used to be yeah so. i get
1: it i yeah. get it all right your next point and, and, sir and go that, ahead go ahead actually i have to take is, a break hold uh, it hold it hold it let me take a quick okay. commercial break john and i'll let you make your uh, follow-up point on the george soros thing if you don't mind i'm seth leapson 602 602 960 we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. I take their fruits and veggies every day. It's 100% natural, all of it, no added sugars or colors or anything. It's just pure, potent plant power, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. You take it once a day and you're boosting your immunity, your overall health, as well as your energy. It's just probably the single best product I've ever taken. It won't take you weeks to figure out whether it works. It'll take you maybe a couple of days at most. Balanceofnature.com is where you can go to get their fruits and veggies. And uh, make sure you use discount code BALANCE. John in Peoria, thank you for your patience, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Um, Getting uh, now uh, onto the uh, uh, thing about George Soros. And I want your on this and I want your expertise on this Um, in 1944 the Nazi Germans occupied Hungary Um, uh, a lot of people don't know you know I know this that Hungary was also a member of the Axis powers Uh, but Hungary was being threatened by the Soviets in 44 so the Germans uh, occupied it and um, uh, during that time uh, Soros was a 13-year-old boy, and uh, he was uh, recruited by Adolf Eichmann's uh, uh, functionaries, and he ran around delivering and messages to various Jewish leaders. And then his father came up with a plan to have him uh, stay with the minister of agriculture, because he was either Catholic or Christian. And they faked uh, identity papers for him. And then he was going around with uh, this minister when they started confiscating uh, uh, Hungarian Jews' properties and uh, uh, starting them get uh, rounded up to go into the concentration camps. Uh, What is your thought on that? And they say, well, oh, if we bring that up, he was only a child and he was doing what he had to do and blah, 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 blah. So I mean, literally, wasn't he acting almost like a copo then in some of the uh concentration? I've look yeah. yeah,
1: I've looked at that stuff over the years and not recently, John. Uh not I, I haven't looked at it recently. Um I have it's it, it's it's tough. I have not um let me let me take it in this direction. In, in, a, in politics, often uh, often one opponent will bring up uh, what another opponent uh, said or did in college, sometimes high school, sometimes uh, what they wrote in college. You're seeing that particularly about Republican candidates. And I got to tell you, I for years have never thought that what People say in college, once they become adults, should be held against them if they've had a change of mind or a change of view. I want to hear what that was, but I just have never thought that what you think uh, or do as a 17 or 18 or 19-year-old when you're fueled with the energy of ideology of youth and exuberance and not very much knowledge and not very much wisdom and not very much experience – that it really doesn't tell you that much about that person. For instance, if you judged me by my first year or two in college, um, if that's all you knew about me, uh, the idea that I'm a conservative or a Republican would be the farthest thing from your mind. I was a long-haired hippie wearing Birkenstocks protesting nuclear power plants. It just doesn't do that. So now we take it to a 13-year-old, or yeah, I guess he would have been about 13 in 1944. You said that. You're right about that you take a 13 year old and i think it's all the more so but now even more than that you're talking about a 13 year old in a war in a terrifying obviously terrifying uh system of government uh, i can't imagine i mean we hear the stories we've read the uh we've read the stories and heard the stories from survivors we've read the first hand accounts we've seen the pictures you just can't imagine the kind of totalitarian tyranny that was uh, those Nazi countries, uh, whether they be Germany, Hungary, Poland, you name it. uh, It's hard for me to understand how you even live through that, much less anything you might have done as a 13-year-old, a frightened 13-year-old whose family, by the way, no matter what you tried to do in converting or convincing otherwise, was going to be seen, no matter what, as Jewish, a stamped as Jewish, so I've never really gone there, and I really don't have much uh, added input on it. Um, I—it's it's just not been a useful thing. What bothers me uh, now is what this man does when in adulthood with resources and what he endows, and it's toxic, it's noxious, it's poisonous, it's Marxist. And it's revolutionary. That's what bothers me much more, if that makes some sense. I hope it does. Hard for me to condemn uh, a 13 year old in Nazi Germany uh, for doing something that you would condemn and have no problem condemning, say, a 35 year old or even perhaps a 25 year old. Okay, I hope that helps. It may not be complete. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our friends at Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. The good news in a failing and falling economy is that gold and other precious metals maintain, usually maintain their value. and That's why Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you already have Gold and other precious metals from Midas Gold Group, the veteran owned Midas Gold Group. If you'd like to talk with them about having gold and precious metals in your portfolio to protect your savings, your future, your retirement, check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480 360 3000. That's 480 360 3000. Dana and Chandler,
3: hello, Dana. Hello,
1: how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you? How are the doggies?
3: The doggies are great. Louchens.
1: Louchens. Yes. Yes.
3: Um, So I'm calling because I want to talk about this this weaponization that we're seeing of our judicial system, and something that I am experiencing right now through our government that I believe is unlawful, but I don't understand how the government can get away with it. Um, I have to go before a federal hearing officer because I am accused of a crime. Now, the person that had accused me of this crime called in a tip to a tip line anonymously. That anonymous tip was used to surveil me. So a fraud investigator surveilled me and wrote, obviously, what a fraud investigator would write is a very damning report. It's not what's in the report. It's what's not in the report that's important. So my question is, if I'm going to defend myself against this, how is it even legal? Because I can't face my accuser because my accuser is anonymous. How could any of this even be legal and used in a court of law in a proceeding against me where supposedly I've committed a crime?
1: Especially with the Sixth Amendment right to confront your accuser, I um I, I I come up short on knowing the answer to your question, Dana. Let's rely on the crowd uh, sourcing of intelligence with anyone in earshot of this show who may be able to. Uh, to shed some light or shed some help on it, uh, they they can call and I can uh, have them or, or they can email me and I can send it to you. I have your email, I believe. Um, yes. But I I will just confess, uh, I, I come up short on having a good answer to this. I haven't practiced law in a couple of decades, and then it was mostly civil, not criminal. So forgive me, um, my ignorance in coming up short on this. Uh, I'll say I'm sorry and I'll... And I'll throw it out to the audience if anyone has uh, suggestions or ideas or thoughts on, on answering your question. Uh, we'll get it to you, Dana. I promise you uh, that. But I, I'd, be, yeah.
3: I'd be curious to know you know, what kind of questions I could ask this hearing officer about the legality of the initiation of an investigation right. in the first
1: place. Right. What was the probable cause in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. An right.
3: anonymous tip. Right. well that's not probable cause
1: no I'm with you on that I'm with you on that and 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 I'm sad to hear that this was uh something that sounds like it's uh it's the politicalization of the criminal justice system in your case uh it it's an awful awful thing um i i I come up short though dana i I'm sorry it's it's just beyond my ability to no, know much about it but as I say we have a smart audience and anyone who knows something more about it than me which shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard most people probably do uh we'll get we'll get it to you i promise you that i promise
4: yeah no
3: i I, like i said i just it's it's very perfect perplexing i i feel like i'm an educated person i i am pretty well versed in my rights i i read um and i just it doesn't you know my spidey senses go up and going hey wait a minute this 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 isn't right
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, How
3: much do I have to cooperate? Right.
1: Right. 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 And of course, uh, obviously, it would go without saying that if you can, you would want uh, at any at any expense, if you're facing the feds, you want an attorney or you would want uh, a public uh, a public public defender if, if if the finances don't allow for private uh, that I, I would never speak to. A, I would never speak to a law enforcement uh, institution without an attorney myself. That's just just easy, free advice. But I don't know, Dana. I am sorry to hear you're going through it. It hurts me to hear it. it, it you know, and, it,
3: and it's, it's very hurtful for someone who has spent her entire life on this planet always trying to do the right yeah, thing. And course. I do fail. Of course. But I do, do always try and do the right thing. Yeah, and, no, um, I know. I, uh,
1: Dana, of course, that that's an additional level of hurt and pain. The unfortunate thing... Uh, And this is something it would be great to get a handle on at the federal level as well as the state level. But, you know, an attorney, a friend of mine many years ago, I asked him about um, about I forget who it was, but someone famous in the news the feds were targeting uh, asked me about I I was asking him about whether, you know, he will be he will he will be uh, once he was indicted, whether he would be convicted. And uh, whether the indictment itself uh, would hold water, would hold up. And he said something I've never forgotten, and it's awful, uh, but I think it's true, which is, you know, the criminal code um, is uh, so expansive that if uh, the feds want to go after you, they're going to be able to at least get through the first two or three steps in doing so. All the more reason. Uh, To have um, to have representation. But the point is the federal civil and criminal code is so expansive. And, you know, you take an expansive series of laws um, that are beyond the comprehension of most people. Um, You get a creative prosecutor, you get a creative uh, agent, federal agent. They can use it. They can twist it. Um, uh, against, against people that it should not be used against. And then there's so many levels of additional of additional concern and pain that come with even saying that, because you look at what the state attorney general, for example, uh, in New York is doing with Donald Trump, and you think of all the crimes we're seeing, of all the criminal activity we're, we're seeing take place in, uh, in, in New York— Is this really where the resources ought to be right now? Should they be on the 108,000th investigation of Donald Trump and his finances at this point? You wonder, you just wonder about the priorities of a lot of these, a lot of these investigations. It sounds to me like you're probably going through something like that. Uh, You have my sympathy and you have the audience's expertise as it comes in. I'll get it to you. I wish I knew um, more um, to help you out, uh, but I don't. And um, I would be... Uh, engaging in malpractice, if I even uh, attempted to i, I just i, I haven 't practiced in that long a time and, and criminal law to me is as ancient as really uh, law school and maybe even um, maybe even just a year after that, but that was a long time ago so i i don 't want to give you any false information, false expectations or false reliances. Dana, uh, let me throw it to the audience and um, thank you and know that you have our thoughts and prayers. Probably cold comfort, but honest to goodness, the best I just literally the best I can offer up. Uh, Dana, thank you. Uh, I'm Seth. We'll be right back. The Seth Leibson show. Let's go to Antonio in Phoenix. Hello, Antonio.
4: Hey, Seth. Great show as always. Thanks. getting back to the latter part of your monologue of talking about the racism and who who the accusation applies to and who it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure most of us all remember when George Bush said, you know, the bigotry, use that term, that phrase the bigotry. Soft bigotry bigotry of low
1: expectations, yeah.
4: Uh, uh, Of low expectations, thank you. But, but, you know, uh, it was maybe a different time for George Bush he stopped short as saying, and he could have extended the argument and said, "You know, that's really the new racism. You know, that's really another form of racism." Um, I, 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 at least in my opinion, he could have gone ahead and, and, and later on even commented and said, "That that's racism too." Yeah. You know why isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, uh, and and that's where I think that a lot of uh, Republicans fall short is the old the old Republican manner of uh, playing nice and being civil and, uh, you know, having certain standards. And I I think in, in the age that we're in now, especially since we have the example of people like President Trump and most recently DeSantis, they have flipped the script and pointed the finger back. Yes. And I think that the old way of playing nice with a ruthless, savage, immoral enemy ain't working no more. Yeah. It's not working. I agree.
1: It's working for one side, not ours. Um, they They have succeeded in cowing us into silence or embarrassment or shame in speaking about these things forcefully, Antonio. Right. I think you'd agree with that
4: oh that's absolutely right. and that's yeah, my, yeah. Uh, and that's
1: my point yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i mean we cower and, 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 and we lose and we yeah, you, yeah you, we find you don't, you, increasing yeah. categories of things we're not allowed to talk about is how this works yeah, yeah. Well,
4: you know there's that old saying you, you don't you don't take a, a baseball bat to a gunfight right. and, right. and and that's what we're doing we're taking we're taking broomsticks that, that look like weapons yep. to a gunfight, yeah. And and uh, it's 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 not it's not working, right? And what? I know I know that I know that harsh language can escalate into, you know, bigger things. But it, the way you know, uh, what did Khrushchev say? He said he, he said he said I, I'm going to bury you, people.
1: We will bury I, you. We will bury. you.
4: We will bury you. That's the point. That's what they're trying to do. Yes, and, of course. And, Of course. They're they're trying to bury us. So I think it's time that the language on our part needs to get sharper and more pointed and call them out for their racism, their bigotry. Uh, I'm all for
1: it. I'm all for it. I think the bigotry and racism on their side is much greater, much greater. And I think even in these efforts uh, for them to sound woke for them to sound progressive for them as you put it to turn the tables on us with the sorrow stuff i think that is the real bigotry they're raising these issues i think they're identifying people by skin color they're telling us that skin color determines thinking that's racist yeah don't run away from it run into it you bet